Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. There we are. Grant Napier with you here on Listen Up. I had a little trouble logging on today, but we are here. We got a lot to talk about. I hope you had a great weekend. We got the Masters, and oh yeah, we got the Sacramento Kings. Alvin Gentry is out. The coaching search has begun. You got the scathing column yesterday by Jason Anderson in the Sacramento Bee as it relates to Vivek Ranadive. There is nothing in that column that I had an issue with, although I do disagree with the one minority owner's assessment of what's going on. Uh, I know the minority owner that was quoted in the uh, story, and I do not agree with him. Uh, I think he is off base, but that's not really the crux of the article. Uh, The crux of the article was that Jason Anderson had a source that was a former member of the team's basketball operations staff. And that person said, quote, I've been on conference calls with him around the trade deadline. I think like any successful business or organization, a lot of this stuff starts at the top. In an ideal situation, you hire someone you feel is qualified, you do your homework on them, and then you trust that person is capable of doing the job. It's one thing to be a fan and want to be involved from afar, but I think when you are meddling in decisions, I think the problem is you have an owner who's too involved. The source source described a toxic work environment in which people don't trust each other. He borrowed a line from former Kings forward Rudy Gay saying it's basketball hell quote, people are not treated well. They're not valued. It's a toxic workplace where there are some super talented people who either move on or get let go for different reasons. It's unfortunate because I think people come with really pure intentions and want to turn it around 100 freaking percent spot on. People are not treated well. They're not valued. It is a toxic workplace. And here's the other thing. I can flat out tell you that I do not know of one individual, one, that respects Vivek Ranadive. And I mean that, and I am being as honest and transparent as I can. I don't know of one person, one, within the Kings organization that respects Vivek Ranadive. They all talk behind his back. They all know the guy's a goofball. They are afraid of him. They are yes men and women, and it is a bad, bad situation. I've been talking about this for several months, all right? The other, the the source said, quote, if it wasn't someone getting fired, it was someone else getting hired or someone else getting power, becoming a decision maker. It was everybody from Vladi to Ken to Scott Perry to Brandon Williams to Joe Dumars. That list 
is just kind of crazy. Every summer, someone else had juice. It was never the guy who actually held the title. It just reminds me of the Brandon Williams situation where you've got one guy running the show internally and another guy holds the title. Very true. Very, very true. He said getting decisions made was crazy. I remember it took a number of hours. Vivek would have to go, okay, let me talk to Sam Presti. Let me talk to a variety of rival executives and agents. When a deal is on the table, it can very quickly be gone. So it's one thing to do all the work and have the conversations and have a deal ready, but it's another thing to convince your owner. I can flat out tell you 100% unequivocally that the Kings have had deals on the table that were very good deals that did not happen because Rana Dibay got involved, wanted analytics done, wanted all the nonsense done, and when it came time to pull the trigger, the deal was off the table. Period. Period. It is it is toxic. It's a mess. It is an absolute mess. And now Alvin Gentry is gone, although I hear that they might bring him into the front office. Another example, you don't need Alvin Gentry in the front office. You got a front office guy. His name's Monty McNair. You got an assistant GM. And I love Alvin Gentry. I'm a big fan of Alvin. You don't need Alvin Gentry in the front office. You don't need another voice in the front office. That's the last thing you need. But you got an owner who doesn't understand. Doesn't understand. It's ridiculous. It really is. And it just goes on and on and on. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Kings finished this season at 30 and 52. 30 and 52. Not a top 10 team. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. That's a great job yesterday in the Sacramento Bee by Jason Anderson. Just to be transparent, he reached out to me via text and asked if I would be interested and being interviewed for the story. And I said, no, I did not want to be interviewed for the story. But he did reach out to me, being transparent, and I declined the invitation. Did not want to go on and talk about that in the Sacramento Bee. What do you have to say about this? Let's get some calls going. And we start with Jerry. Jerry, you'll get us going here on a Monday. Hey, Jerry. Hey, uh, Grant. Okay, yeah, so I was actually excited to talk to you about this Jason Anderson article after reading it yesterday. Um, you know, I kind of saw some interesting tweets regarding that article. Uh, one was regarding the DeMarcus Cousins trade that uh, Vla- obviously the Vlade buddy healed, picks and whatever. Right. And I remember Vlade saying we had a better deal on the table, and then obviously it didn't go through. And I'm wondering if that, like, could have been a deal where he had to talk to Vivek and obviously, two hours later, whatever it was, deal's off, deal's done. I'm wondering if you happen to have any information regarding like that type of stuff, or if there's any. Uh, other I, I can flat out read. unequivocally tell you 100% that Vladi Divac did have a better deal, and Vivek Ranadive stalled. It was about a four-hour duration of stalling, and when Vladi went back to talk with the Pelicans, they had lessened the deal because of the stalling that is 100% accurate okay gotcha yeah I figured because I was looking at other other things and then I remember there was the Jordan Clarkson deal that was uh possibly on the table as well 
Um, so that was another one that fell through. And obviously there were several deals. There were several deals that, and I can't speak on the present owners, uh, the present, uh, management and Monty McNair. I've never met Monty. I don't know Monty, but I can tell you with Lady Divots, there were several, several instances where he had deals that fell through because of a meddling owner, flat out 100% accurate. Yeah. And then obviously reading today, um, that he wants to bring back Alvin, the front office, uh, I mean, it just makes me a lot more pessimistic about the teams in the franchise future. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, it sucks because I'm stuck with the team. Like, I got to support him. But, I mean, man, what's the, what's the point? It's like, like I've been saying all along, it's like there's, there's no hope. What the hell are we going to do? Listen, like- he brought, listen, there was no reason at all to have Joe Dumars in the front office. Zero reason. And I got nothing against Joe Dumars. All right, this is not personal. But the you know you you don't need all these chefs in the kitchen. Okay, you don't need Alvin Gentry in the front office. And I and again, you're speaking. You, I'm someone that loves Alvin Gentry. I love the guy. I've known him for a long time. There's not one bad thing I can say about Alvin Gentry. I love the man. Absolutely love the guy. There's nothing about Alvin Gentry I do not like. Nothing. Not one thing. But he does not need to be joining the Kings front office. Why? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand it. It's not like we can really do anything about it besides, like, not support the team and go to the games. But at the same time, it's like people are going to attend for social settings. Uh, whether they're a sports fan or not, they just want to be at the game. You know, do what you want, though. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Like, what, what are we going to do? We got to take a stand somehow. It, 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 you know, it's like I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, you could say, you know, go root for another team. But, you know, it's like saying, you know, you have a son. And it's like, you know, go – you know, go find another son if you don't, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Yep. You're, well, I'm already you know, I, I understand, cash. you know, listen, you know? I get you. And here's the other issue. This year you had a number of minority owners sell their shares. They want it out. They don't want to be involved with Vivek and the team. And there were a lot of other upset, pissed off, unhappy minority owners of the Kings. Trust me there. You know, this thing goes a lot deeper than the story. And Jason Anderson, by the way, did a great job. He did a great job on the story in, in the B yesterday. And he chronicled a lot of accurate things, but this goes deeper. All right. There are many, many minority owners who are uh, disgusted at the way the team is being run. And that is the word I would use. They're disgusted and they have no power. There's nothing they can do about it because they're minority owners. They are not in a position to do anything about it. They have no power. They have no control. That's the truth. Yeah, I understand. And I remember uh, watching the, uh, I remember they had the, uh, I guess like the insider thing uh, with, uh, I think this was the Stauskas draft, I believe in 2015, I want to say. And they yep. had like the whole analytics staff and basically saying, like, you know, you know what I mean? I think, you know, the I know. video I'm talking about uh, where I know. we wanted to go with yep. Stauskas. So, I mean, it just yep. kind of like obviously foreshadowed what was going to happen, uh, you know, eight, nine years later. And uh, I don't know, it just seems like nothing's really changed with that. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's like, I get stubbornness at the same time. It's like, you want to, you want to do what you think is right. Um, obviously, we know he's not doing it the right way, but you figure like after seeing like consecutive 30, 29, 28, 31 win seasons uh, for owning a team for what, about like nine years now? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, 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 I mean, the definition of insanity, you know, obviously doing the same thing, expecting different results. And I mean, how long can you keep doing this without, you know, is it going to be another 10 years before? You know, maybe he realizes something. It's like maybe, maybe I should be doing something, you know, differently. 
I mean, well, the other I know, the I other know. issue is you have players on the roster right now that don't want to be here. You have players on the roster that are telling their agents, "Get me the hell out of here! I do not want to be in this circus anymore." And that is going on. So you know, it it it's just it, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. There's no other way to say it. It's a mess. And that's why I was a little bit more saltier on the uh, Sabonis deal, uh, you know, knowing that he has two years left. But, I mean, I I don't want to speak for anybody, but, I mean, I would imagine his agent probably isn't too keen on him being here. And, but, anyway, um, I'll, I'll let some other people talk. I know there's probably some okay. other people that want to get on this, but I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. As far as Sabonis and his agent, they, they, they don't really – there's nothing that they could do right now, even if they did not want to be in Sacramento – uh, I would say this about what I do know about Sabonis. He will give his best effort every time he's on the floor, regardless of what he thinks of, is going on. And he will make the best decision for himself in two years. And so Monte McNair has two years, probably less than two years, to show Sabonis that this is a good fit for him, okay? Now, he'll also make more money if he stays in Sacramento, so you can't forget that. But, you know, it depends how much he wants to win. If the Kings are not a playoff team in two years, and I don't really know how they would be, you know, at that point, you know, Sabonis is going to be, what, 28? So how much does he want to be on a winning team I I can't speak for DeMontis Sabonis. I don't know him. Okay? I don't know him. But what I do know is the Kings are one of the worst franchises in professional sports. N- that's not debatable, by the way. Okay? The Kings have just wrapped up their 16th consecutive losing season. Think about that. 16 years of losing and a 16-year playoff drought, which, by the way, is the longest in league history. All right? Think about that for a minute. Awful. And I I don't know where you go from here. All right, if you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we'll discuss this. But I think the story yesterday by Jason Anderson of the Sacramento Bee was spot on. And I I do not agree with the minority owner's quotes in the story. I I, I do not agree with the minority owner. I I, I don't agree that Ron Adive is letting Monty McNair make all the decisions 100%. I don't agree with that. I, I don't think that's accurate. I just don't. So we'll see what happens, but this is a mess. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. You know, Jerry Reynolds was quoted in the story talking about all the missed draft picks. Jimmer Fredette, Thomas Robinson, Ben McLemore, Nick Stauskas, Marvin Bagley, five misses. And Jerry said, quote, if you even get two legitimate Top-level players, that playoff drought doesn't happen. Yeah, he's right. Yep. Absolutely correct. Correct. 
Absolutely. The shareholder who was quoted in the story said, quote, I don't get too hot and bothered over this record. Do I like it? No. But I'm really glad we didn't make this balls out effort to sneak into the playoffs this year. I think that would have been a mistake. I want this team to be good for more than just one year. That takes a plan, and I think we've got it with Monty. I think this minority owner is wrong in his assessment. That's the only thing I disagree in the story, and I know who the minority owner is, and I think he's off base. I think he's being, I think he's got the wool pulled over his eyes. All right, if you want to come on the program, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will do it. Frank Vogel out as the head coach of the Lakers. Kings have told Alvin Gentry he will not be the coach. And now, what do the Kings do as a coach? Who is out there that will take the job? And here's the other deal. There are a lot of guys and gals that would love to be the head coach of the Kings because it's a one of 30 jobs. But there are also a lot of people in the NBA that know what's going on in Sacramento, know about the problems with the owner, know about the meddling. I mean, do you think that a coach gets fired and doesn't talk? You don't think George Carl has talked to everyone else in the league? You don't think Michael Malone has discussed this with other coaches in the league? You don't think Dave Yeager has discussed this with a lot of coaches in the league? You don't think Luke Walton has? I mean, I can just go on and on. The word is out. Okay, the word is out. This is not a great place to be coaching. But again, as I said, there are only 30 jobs in a league. So if you want a head coaching job, sometimes you got to work with an owner that can be impossible. And and Vivek's not the only impossible owner in the league. All right, let's also point that out. But, man, it's a mess. And again, great job by Jason Anderson uh, in the Sacramento Bee and there's nothing I would have added to his column, by the way, even if he had interviewed me. There's nothing I would have said that's not already in there. That's for sure. All right, the Masters, Scotty Scheffler. And it's pretty amazing, his short game. The tournament was really never in doubt after the par 3 12th. McElroy caught fire, obviously, but... Scheffler was playing too well to give it up at the end. And so the Masters is in the books. If you want to talk about what you saw from Tiger Woods, uh, we can do that as well. So, again, I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon. But that story in the B yesterday is spot on. It's accurate. And I don't see I don't see this team turning it around anytime soon. I just don't think they have the pieces to do it. I think it would be unlikely that you're going to get a pick, assuming the Kings draft seventh, and again, they may move up. We'll find out in a couple weeks. That a young player who's a teenager or 20 is going to come in and make this team a playoff team. I don't see it. I really don't. I, I do not see it. And De'Aaron Fox, who's good but has limitations, still can't shoot, isn't a good free throw shooter. I am skeptical about how far you can go with him. I think Mitchell will make a nice jump from year one to year two. But what else will Monty McNair be able to do in a tough Western Conference? And maybe it's not as hard as it's been before, but when you look at the teams, and you got to be objective about this, 
Phoenix is going to be better. Memphis is going to be better. Golden State is going to be better. Dallas is going to be better. Utah is going to be better. Denver is going to be better. Minnesota is going to be better. All right, those are seven teams that I don't even think we could argue on. Okay? The Clippers, in my opinion, are going to be better. The Lakers are going to bounce back. That's nine teams. And that leaves you with New Orleans, San Antonio, and Portland, and Sacramento once again trying to get into the play-in tournament. That's how I see it. Now, I can't forecast injuries. I, I, I don't have a crystal ball any more than you do. But Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Utah, Denver, Minnesota are head and shoulders above Sacramento. I don't even think that is debatable. You get Kawhi Leonard coming back with the Clippers. They're all and, and listen, even without Kawhi Leonard, they were 42 and 40. Don't know about Zion Williamson, but they were still able to finish ninth in the West without Williamson. If he comes back and plays even 50 games, they're better. You know, we keep on the Spurs had a miserable season, but because of this awful playing tournament, I mean, they get into the playing tournament at 34 and 48. What a joke that is. Seriously. You get into the playing tournament at 34 and 48. That's good for the league. How the hell is that good for the league? Right? So what's going to happen with Portland? You know, I could see Oklahoma City making a jump next year. I just, I don't know how you could be optimistic. I really don't. All right, playing tournament, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Atlanta, Charlotte, Minnesota, the Clippers tomorrow, New Orleans, San Antonio. Again, I, here's the difference. In the East, your 10th team deserves to get in a playing tournament, Charlotte, at 43 and 39. Your 10th place team and your 9th place team in the East do not. Spurs, 34 and 48. New Orleans 36 and 46. Why does the winner of that game deserve a chance to get into the tournament? And by the tournament, I should say the playoffs. I don't understand that. Doesn't make sense to me. Don't like it. Don't like it at all. All right, if you want to talk baseball, we can do that. Uh, If you want to talk NFL draft, which is coming up in a little more than two weeks, We got that as well. I'm back with you at 3 o'clock tomorrow, but I want to hear from you. What do you think of that story in the Sacramento Bee yesterday by Jason Anderson? Do you have any issues with it? I mean, it's pretty pretty, uh, scathing towards Vivek Ranadive. And if you're waiting for Vivek Ranadive to come out and speak, I wouldn't hold your breath. He hates talking to the media. He's not good at talking to the media. He has to be coached on what to say. He's got people around him all the time. It's not anything that I would like get excited about. I, I really wouldn't. So don't hold your breath on that. Don't do it. All right? Save yourself the time. All right, let's get to John on Listen App. Hey, John. Grant, how are you, buddy? John, what's happening? Well, the season's over and you know you couldn't be more spot on and now we're you know just searching for another coach it seems like it's a ongoing it's just ongoing and more and more you know i guess we talked about it a few months ago when you started uh started your podcast and everything and uh 
we didn't think it a conspiracy was Vivek, but he's just inept. He just doesn't really know what he's doing. He wants to win, but he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Isn't no, he it? doesn't. But he thinks he knows what he's doing. That's the problem. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he thinks he knows what he's doing. How, and, John, how about this headline in the Sacramento Bee, though? How about the headline? Basketball hell, how Vivek Ranadive turned Sacramento Kings into NBA's biggest losers. How about that headline? Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty scathing. It, it, but it's absolutely true. It's, that it's heaven yep. and hell is what it is. It's a great Black Sabbath song, but it's absolutely true, man. And we're going through it, and all the Kings fans, we're going to keep going through it. But right now, we just got to wait a little bit, and we got to be proud that uh, I think Monty's done a good job thus far, that is. And I still agree that uh, the Halliburton-Sabonis trade was probably going to be beneficial. And the other thing, you know, uh, Davion is a good player. So those are just small things that hopefully – we can get attached to and grow from there. And, you know, the Kings a long time ago, we weren't really very good until Jeff Petrie got in there and people started trusting Jeff Petrie and then he made it good. So hopefully yep. Monty is the next Jeff Petrie, man. You know, you can't really the, change everything. Are they going to nope. hire me to do everything and you, Grant, or me and you can go handle it? Let's do it. We got passion to do it. There are two mistakes. There are two mistakes that I think Monty McNair has made. Number one, I don't think he should have given De'Aaron Fox a max contract. He's not a max player. And number two, he should not have allowed Bogdan Bogdanovich to leave for nothing. He was a big asset and you got nothing for that. Now, he has done a lot of good things. I will point that out. But those are two of the things that I would look at that I think are mistakes. I think giving Fox a max deal was a mistake. And I think that, um, you know, not getting anything for Bogdan Bogdanovich was a mistake. I didn't know that that was under his reign. Yes, it was. Both of those moves. Okay, those must have been just the earliest, the very earliest moves. That's correct. You and I were on the same page with him long, long ago that that guy, he's good. He can obviously play. Yep. Yes, he can. You know, that's how it is. The Masters, though, what a fun tournament to watch. And just, you know, the ups and downs, not just, you know, the greens and everything. But what a... What a fun tournament to watch. And just for Scotty, you know, he happens to be the number one. Nobody's heard of that. That's right. Right. Not until this year. Right. Watching it the last couple months, you know, but what a fantastic job for him and everything. And Tiger making it, you know, all the way, shooting all, you know, shooting every single one. John, good hearing from you, buddy. Have a great week. You too, Grant. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, what do you think about that story in the Sacramento Bee? What do you think? I guess if you're a Kings fan, do you have any confidence that this is going to get better anytime soon? Right? I I guess that's the, the question. I, I don't. I really don't. I don't. I don't see it at all. I really don't. You know, the team is so dependent now on Sabonis. You know, if he gets hurt for any length of time, you're screwed. That's the way I look at it. I just don't see... I I just don't see how this team's going to be passing any of the teams that I just talked about. I I just don't. But I want to hear from you, all right? Now that the season is done... At 30 and 52. And again, who is going to be the next head coach 
of the Sacramento Kings. I read today, and I can't remember which account, so I apologize, that Sabonis had mentioned he wants to be involved in the coaching search. I personally would not have any of the players involved in the coaching search if I'm Monty McNair. I'm just, I'm not. You, you, you're paid to play. You're making millions of dollars. That's your job. I'll hire the coach. You play. All right? Monty doesn't need to be calling up De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis, DeMontis, DeMontis Sabonis, okay, and Harrison Barnes and asking him about what about this guy? What about that guy? That's Monty McNair's job. Okay? That's the one thing I did not like what I heard today. And I know Sabonis got two years left on his deal. And maybe, you know, because of that, being the team's best player, he's he's using his leverage to get a coach that he wants. So if you're McNair, are you going to hire a coach based on what Sabonis wants? Or are you going to hire a coach based on what you want? based on your expertise, right? I mean, that's how I look at it. That's exactly how I look at it. To me, the players play, and management, in this case, McNair, go out and hire your coach. Because the reality is, Monty McNair's job is going to be dependent on who the coach is and the job that they do. So personally, if I'm McNair, I'm hiring a coach that I want, assuming that he will be able to do that, which I would uh, not assume that at all. I can absolutely 100% tell you that Vivek Ranadive will have his nose involved in who the Kings hire. Absolutely guarantee it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Guarantee it. Now, I'm not saying he's going to make the decision, but he will He will have an input more than just a typical owner's input. That's the way it is. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Why don't we get to uh, some phone calls right here on. Listen up, and we say hello to Zach. Hey, Zach, good afternoon. How are you? Good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. What's happening? Uh, just want to talk some Kings basketball as usual. Um, I guess I have a couple few things things to talk about. Um, so, you know, from this article, a lot of it we already kind of knew. Uh, he has, like, way too many voices around him, um, and he's just trying to get opinions from everybody. Why do you think he does that? Like, I know maybe do you think it's because he, that's how he runs his other like companies? Uh, like, tech I'll tell you exactly why. He's enamored. He's enamored with stars. 
He's enamored with celebrities, athletes that have big names, and he listens to too many people. And the term that we use is a jock sniffer. He's a jock sniffer. And that's what he is. And he is, he gets his uh, excitement from being around famous people, particularly athletes. That's what he is. And he listens to too many people. And a lot of these people that he's talking to don't know what the hell they're talking about as it relates to the Kings and the community of Sacramento. And I think that's part of it as well, which does not help. Right. Um, I just don't understand, like, the people that he has around him, like, they keep making bad decisions. He keeps keeps uh, keeping them around, like uh, Joe Dumars and Mantina. I still don't understand why Mantina is still there. Mantina. Not Mantina. It's Mantina. Mantina, um, like, because, like, she's been there for so long, been there through all the bad times. I just don't understand why, like, I feel like something sneaky about that one because, like, I don't I know how, why she would still be there. That, well, she doesn't make basketball decisions. She's more on the business side. She is pretty much always with Vivek Ranadive. She is, I would say, the liaison between uh, Vivek and a lot of things that go on uh, with the organization. But, uh, again. Because there was that article that she, a, while, a few years ago, whatever, you know, how, how vital uh, or, like, how big of an impact she was on some decision-making and things like that or um, – uh, yeah. I, I, I believe she's got an impact on things that are not directly associated with the X's and O's of what's going on on the floor. I, I do think she has a hand in some of the other uh, things. But in terms of whether the team wins or loses, I think her impact would be minimal on that. But I could be wrong. Right. And um, and with the uh, with Vivek taking a long time with deals and stuff, um, I, I don't know if you talked about it in the beginning of your show. I kind of missed the beginning. But yep. um, was he uh, I'm sure he was part of that. Um, Vlade had a better deal for Cousins kind of thing. 100 percent, 100 percent unequivocally. I know that for a fact. And that was just a do you know if that was just a couple like an extra first rounder? Or extra second it was rounder? an extra. Dra- it was an extra draft pick. That is correct. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm sure he's uh, done that even more times than what in the article that was talking about Jordan Clarkson and, and this Vlade one. I'm sure he's done it uh, multiple times with all the gems and voices he has. Vlade would have a deal all done, okay? And then he would tell Vivek the deal, and then Vivek would say, well, we need to do some more research on this. You need to hold on. I got to get my analytics department to do more. And basically, by the time he did that, the deal was off the table. That happened on, on a couple of occasions. Wow. That's, um, yeah, you can't do that in the NBA because they'll disappear pretty fast. That's what this story in the beef said. Jason Anderson chronicled that with the Jordan Clarkson deal on his source. And the source was a former front office person. And the, the, that source is 100% accurate. That did happen, and it happened more than once. So he's pretty much, he just pretty much has this team just to kind of meet and talk to athletes and, and meet famous people. This is where this is now uh, pretty factual. I mean, he's not really caring about the wins right now. I mean, if he's going to be caring about these wins, he'd have uh, he, he would be listening to smarter people and not having, you know, 37 opinions on a trade um, and just trusting the main guys. I, I don't know if I would characterize it that, that way. I do think he cares. I do think he wants to win. I just don't think that he's his personality lends itself to being able to do that. All right. I, I don't believe that his personality is enabling him to do what's right for the franchise because he's got a gigantic ego where he thinks that he knows more than almost anyone. 
And his personality is such that I don't think he can take his foot off the meddling gas pedal, but I do think he wants to win. I do think it bothers him, but I just don't think his personality allows himself to do what is necessary for the best of the franchise. That's how I see it. Yeah, I just it's just it's just really uh, odd to me that you know he has all these people that's been making some bad decisions around him um, and and still around and you know for a smart guy he, he should be knowing who to trust at this point and he doesn't he just doesn't get it and uh, like you said maybe it's that jog sniffer attitude that he has uh, I don't know what you know things like that but um, I don't know what's gonna change it doesn't seem like thing I mean we he, we get these articles come out. It's the end of the season now. I mean, it's a joke. Uh, every, every every year we have like at least like three or four moments like this where more uh, you know more stuff like this comes out. Uh, and I don't know when it, it just keeps recycling. It just keeps cycling every year. And again, you know, when you have somebody that you hire, okay, then you like Pete Delisandro, okay. Pete Pete all of a sudden is the general manager. He's still the general manager. And again, I thought he did an awful job, but the point I'm trying to make is then all of a sudden Vladi Divac is there. Pete doesn't know what the hell's going on. I mean, if you really wanted a new general manager at that point, you should have fired Pete, but they left Pete on for the rest of the year. It was a disaster. Vladi's running the team. Then all of a sudden Joe Dumars is there, which Vladi has no idea that that's going on. And so is Vladi, you know, I mean, the point I'm trying to make is that Vivek treats people so poorly in management with, just over, you know, I, I can go back to the training staff. The Kings had, in my opinion, as good as any training staff in the NBA. Okay. They had Pete Youngman, who is respected around the league uniformly by everyone. And his assistant is what, what got his doctorate. Okay. Had his, had his PhD is, was also extremely gifted at what he did. You had a phenomenal phenomenal athletic head trainer and assistant trainer. I mean, as good as any in the league, by the way, a guy and Pete that had been there since the nineties. Okay. And basically Vivek wanted to overhaul the department and go outside the organization to bring people in and did not listen to the expertise and opinions of Pete Youngman who should have had a voice in what was going on. And it's just, you know, moves like that. You, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If there are areas of your franchise that are broken, then fix it, but don't mess with the good of your franchise. Don't all of a sudden take what is working, what is good and, and, and completely mess it up because you feel like you need to do this or you need to do that when you really have no idea what the hell you're doing. You know, it's just that that's a perfect example, right? That, that's just one of many examples. It looks like uh, he's going to be doing the same thing with uh, this, you know, keeping Alvin Gentry around. Um, I think they did something like this with like Ty Corbin. Um, yep. I mean, they're just, they're just keeping all these guys around. I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. Uh, like, why are you keeping – and again, I don't, I don't know if you heard my comments before. There's nothing I could ever say bad about Evan Gentry. I love the man. I've known him for a long time. There's not one thing that I can say about Evan Gentry that's negative. I love the guy, and I, I mean that. I love the man. But why would he need to be in the front office? You already have your front office. What, why? What, <laughs> why? What's the purpose of that? You don't need another voice in the room. It's just ridiculous. 
I have no idea. Um, I don't know if it's a contract thing where, you know, it's one year left or whatever, and they're trying to keep him. I, I don't know. Um, I, even what Vlade, uh, I, I think he was at the game a couple weeks ago, too, just in court. Right. Of the back. I mean, he's still talking to Vlade. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I mean, if I was McNair, I'd be pissed. Like, why are you talking to the guy that has that used to have my job, you know? And I, I don't. I just don't get it. I think it's that it's just that jock sniffer thing again. Um, you know, he just wants to have all all these guys as friends. Uh, if he's trying to keep you know Alvin around, I mean, if he, he just wants like more friends. I, I don't know. I don't understand that either, to be honest with you. I don't understand why Vladi would do it, and I don't understand why. And you know, I consider Vladi, you know, one of one of my closest friends in terms of a man that I respect next to my father, probably as much as anyone on the planet. I didn't really understand that either. He was at a game, what, last year and then this year? I don't really quite understand that. But um, do I think that Vivek, excuse me, do I think Vladi is a threat in any way, shape, or form to Mani? No, I don't. But I, I just, I still don't quite it's understand weird. that. It's weird. Um, yeah, I just, uh, man, I, I don't know how it's going to get better. Uh, we'll, we'll see if, uh, I mean, like that, even that Dante DiVincenzo, he's upset. Uh, yep. I think it's, uh, you know, just keep these things keep rolling. If we can't even re-sign Dante, who's coming to second? I don't think he, I don't think Dante wants to be here. I don't think, I think he wants out. That's what I'm hearing. I, I don't think he wants to be there. Again, you know, maybe money talks and maybe he'll like the new head coach, but I don't think he wants to be in Sacramento. I think he wants to get out already. Well, I think that's what he's trying to get his camp and try to start these yep. rumors and stuff because, I mean, I think the Kings are giving him some playing time. I know he's not starting, but, you know, he's getting close to 30 minutes a game. Well, he's not he's, getting close to 30 minutes a game anymore because the season's over, and I know he was unhappy with his role. But, hey, you know what, Zach? It's always good hearing from you, buddy. You take care and have a great week, all right? Stay safe, buddy. You too. Take care. All right. Good call. Really enjoy that call. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls on this very busy Monday, and we say hello to Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hey, Grant. How you doing today? Good, Jerry. What's up? Hey, Grant. Uh, you know what? Um on the article that came out, uh, did I hear something that uh, that uh, the Vladi wanted to draft uh, Luka Doncic, but uh, Vivek Ranadeva wanted I, Marvin I, Bagley? I, I don't believe that's accurate. Um, I believe okay. that everyone was on board with drafting Marvin Bagley, including Dave Yeager, which is a real misnomer out there. I think it's just really uh, false information. That, right. that that's my opinion. I believe Vladi wanted Marvin Bagley. I think Vivek, I think they all really wanted Marvin Bagley. I think at the end, I think that everyone was on the same page of drafting Marvin Bagley. I don't think that Vladi mm -hmm. wanted Luca and Vivek and Brandon Williams wanted Marvin. I don't believe that is accurate. I don't believe that's mm -hmm. accurate at all. Okay. Grant. And then one more thing. Uh, yeah, because uh, I'm pretty sure that Vivek knows what's being said about him. Uh, you know, his little, you know, his little kiss asses out there that want to just report everything to him. Do you think, Grant? What do you think is going on in that camp that they're hearing all these things and uh, just what do you think is being said? What, be elaborate a little bit more. Being said with what? Uh, being said, well, um, about him uh, just taking the team just to hell. Um, it's really bad here in Sacramento. What do you think that the camp thinks about that? His camp. Um, they're not happy with it. I can tell you that. You're talking about the Vex circle? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I can tell you he's irate about it. He's livid about it. And uh, he's probably now 
you know, hearing this minority owner speak, I know Vivek, he's going to try to do everything in his power to find out which minority owner is talking to the press and he'll, he'll do everything in his power to try to find that out. Um, I can guarantee he's irate about the story today. He's a very sensitive guy. He's extremely sensitive to criticism. And so, uh, I don't know what else to say. You know, it's interesting you brought up the Luca thing. There was also a story out there that Vladi did not draft Luca because of the relationship with his dad. And I shared this on my radio show a few years ago. But when all of that was going on, I was standing with Vladi Divac in Penn Station in New York City. We were getting ready to board Amtrak to go to Washington where the Kings were playing, all right? Mm -hmm. And Vladi is speaking Serbian, so I don't know what the hell he's saying. We're literally standing waiting to board the train in the waiting area at Amtrak. And then then he's laughing, and he's laughing, and he's laughing. And then he gets off the phone, and I go, who is that? He goes, that's Luca's father. I go, you are shitting me. He goes, no. He (laughs) He goes, we were talking about the story and how ridiculous and his father was just telling me what a bunch of crap. And that, that's why they were laughing over it. But I just, you know, the stuff that you hear when you're just around, the story comes out that he didn't draft Luca because he didn't get along with his father. He's been father. He's been friends with Luca's father for four decades. And they're literally oh, wow. on the phone at the Penn wow. Station in New York laughing. I can't understand what they're saying, but I can tell by Vladi's um, tone and his laughing how absurd that story was. How about that for you? Grant, who, uh, like, who in the hell would bring these, thing, like, bring these stories up about Luca's father doesn't get along with Vladi? I mean, because they're idiots. Why? That's why. God, There's just, I mean, stu- it's. There's a lot of false reporting out there. It's just, it's just absurd. It's ridiculous. You know, absolutely Grant, ridiculous. Uh, let me ask you one more thing. Um, do you think LeBron had anything to do with Frank Vogel being fired today? Yes, I do. Okay. All right, Grant. Just want to throw that out there. All right. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. All right, if you want to come on the show, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, and we'll do it. I'll never forget that, standing at Penn Station after that story had come out. And I hear Vladi, you know, again, I can't understand what he's saying because they're speaking Serbian. And then he starts laughing, and as soon as they hang up the phone, I go, what, the, what was so funny? He goes, that was Luca's father. And I, my exact response was, you were shitting me. He goes, no. He goes, we've been friends forever. He goes, we're laughing at the story that came out and how absurd that is. I'm like, you were kidding me. He goes, nope. I go, that is unbelievable. I go, just, I was just shaking my head. Just like, wow. I go, so you don't get along with him, but you're on the phone and you guys are just laughing your asses off. I go, okay, I got it. Oh my God. (laughs) Absolutely. You, You know, again, you can't make this stuff up. I have so many stories like that. I really do. And I know, I'm sharing that one because I know Vladi wouldn't have any problem with me telling that story. There are a lot of stories that I would not share um, because then I think I'm, oh, I guess for lack of a better term, crossing the line. Maybe someday. I don't know. But that's not a story that Vladi would have a problem with me sharing. I think I actually already did. I can't remember. I think I talked about that a couple of years ago. But I'll never forget. I'll never forget standing. I know exactly where I was standing too, at Amtrak at Penn Station. I can literally, if like you took me there right now, I would say, "Yep, this is where we were standing." Oh my gosh! You know, there's people walking all over the place. You know, it's it's New York City. It's Penn Station. It's busy, busy, busy. And 
there are Amtrak trains going all over the place, you know, up to the Boston corridor, Washington, everywhere else. There are people, and I'm just listening to Vladi laugh and laugh, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh. And I, I didn't ask him who he was talking to. I said, what the hell was that all about? What was so funny? He goes, I was just talking with Lucas' dad. And I, my exact response was, you were shitting me. And he goes, no. And he goes, he goes these, these reports are just ridiculous. He goes, we were laughing over how stupid they are. He tells me, he goes, I've known, I've been friends with Lucas' father for, for a long time. He goes, I think he was, I don't know, it's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Again, the stories that come out, you hear, and you just kind of go, oh, you know, it's unbelievable. But but back to the main story and uh, the story in the Sacramento Bee by Jason Anderson, he's spot on. The guy's 100% spot on with the story. And, you know, his source, a former member of the team's basketball operations staff, and then he has to put speaking on condition of anonymity for fear of reprisals. I, I understand that. I, I understand wanting to be anonymous, but for fear of reprisals, like what are you, what are you fearing? You don't work there anymore. Right. But again, it's somebody pretty important because he said, I've been on conference calls with him around the trade deadline. I think like any successful business or organization, a lot of this stuff starts at the top. I have an idea who that individual is, but I'm going to keep that to myself. I think I know who it is. I do know the minority owner, and I think the minority owner is wrong with his assessment of what's currently going on in the front office. That's what I think. You know? And when he says, I don't get too hot and bothered over this record, he would be in the minority there. All right? I can guarantee you most minority owners are hot and they are bothered by a 30 and 52 record. That's what I think. And again, a lot of the minority shouldn't say a lot. A couple of the minority owners, they bolted, they sold the shares. They didn't want to be involved with the team anymore. Uh, I think there are more that are going to be on the way. I really believe that. I really believe that. And listen, it's been a good business move. I mean, the value of the, the valuation of the team has gone up considerably from when they got in. So, they made their money. It's been a good investment. And now they uh, they count their money and they move on. They count their money and they move on. But I would say that the story in the B, there's really, I thought it was spot on. I thought it was an excellent job by uh, Jason Anderson. I, I really do. So we'll see what happens now. Got to hire a coach. Uh, clearly. Clearly, the coach will be in step with Monty McNair. And if there is not significant change within a two-year period, Monty McNair will be gone. You'll bring a new GM in who won't be on the same page as the coach, which means then the coach will be gone in another year, and it will just be a vicious cycle that we have been experiencing in Sacramento year after year after year after year. That's just the reality of the situation. And it's not really debatable. And the best news for all Kings fans would be for Vivek Ranadive 
to sell his shares and have another managing general partner or keep his shares and turn over the managing general partner uh, position to somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. All right? That would be, excuse me, that would be even uh, another ideal situation. All right? It's the way it is. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, again, if you want to get on before we adjourn for the day, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Harrison Barnes was asked about the playoff drought. He said, quote, to me... I think about our stability. Since I got the sack, I think it's just me and Fox. Those are the only two people in the entire organization who are still here. And this is my fourth season being here. Obviously, I can't speak to the years before I got here. But since I've been here, it's been a lot of ups and downs. It's been a lot of tough times. It's been a lot of changing parts, roster-wise, coaching-wise, front office-wise. So I think moving forward, in order to establish a culture where people do feel equity and do feel the need to want to change that narrative as opposed to Sacramento simply just being a stop on the way either to another team or out of the league, we just have to embody that. And those are conversations we've had as a group. This will be the fourth head coach in five seasons for Fox and Barnes, assuming they're on the team. How about that? Jerry Reynolds, quote, there has been no stability in the front office or coaching. At some point, if you want to have a stable franchise, you've got to be stable. And the Kings just haven't been for a long time. There you go. I mean, this is a situation that I don't think is a quick fix. I, I, I don't think coaching is going to really matter that much. I've gone on the record as saying that I don't think it really matters who the coach is. All right. You can go hire your, your next door neighbor to coach the team. I don't think it matters. I, I really don't. I, I've said this time and time again, we went through this with George Carl, Michael Malone, Dave Yeager, right? Luke Walton, Alvin Gentry, how many coaches do you have to go through before you realize that coaching is not the problem? How many examples do you need? How many examples do you need? Couldn't it just be a coincidence that all the coaches suck, right? No, I mean, that's not that's not the case. It's that uh, That's not the reason 
the Kings are losing because of their coaching. Just not. All right? So we'll talk more about this in the coming days. I don't foresee the Kings hiring a new coach for a couple of weeks. There's no need to hire a coach in the next couple of weeks. It's time to do due diligence, uh, see who is interested, and then move forward. All right? And then move forward. But you better get some players that are worth coaching more than just one or two or three. And that's the job of Monty McNair. And I've got two words for Monty. Good luck. All right? I say good luck to Monty McNair. Because it's probably going to be luck that gets the Kings out of the doldrums and eventually into the playoffs. Good luck. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Thank you very much. Until then, Grant Napier saying so long, everybody.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.